episode of Calm, Cool, and Connected is brought to you by Bridgeside Medical Clinic, Chesapeake Integrated Behavioral Healthcare, and Edgar Casey's ARE. Now more than ever, we have an opportunity to be a positive force in the world, to help heal the divide, to treat each other and ourselves with respect. But with so many tools out there, from meditation to physical training, proper nutrition, therapy, and so many others, we all need a little help navigating all the options. Join us as we share in-depth information, insights, and thought-provoking discussions that will help answer your questions about how to stay calm, cool, and connected during these times. Welcome to Calm, Cool, and Connected, your guidebook to peace of mind. Hello, and welcome to Calm, Cool, and Connected. I'm your host, Dr. Elizabeth Fedrick. Statistics indicate that marijuana is the most commonly used illegal substance in the U.S., and its use is just continuing to grow. It's a common misconception that marijuana is not addictive in nature. However, research actually indicates that every one in 10 individuals who use marijuana do become addicted. Due to the increase in usage and availability, marijuana has become much more societally accepted and the perception regarding the risks of marijuana have been declining. Joining us today is Danielle Collins-Facto, a licensed program supervisor, and Jeffrey Cook, a prevention specialist from Chesapeake Integrated Behavioral Healthcare. Danielle and Jeffrey are here today to discuss the risks of marijuana as well as treatment options. Hi guys, welcome. Hi, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for thank having us. Yeah, thank you so much for joining. So let's jump in and talk a little bit about risk factors with marijuana. As I was saying in the intro, it because of increased usage and availability, the maybe uh, perception around it is that it's not as horrible as it once was perceived to be. So Jeff, could you tell us a little bit about what are some of the risk factors actually involved with marijuana usage? Sure. Yeah. Uh, one of the risk factors of them that we actually are starting to see in different studies is uh, increase in anxiety and depression. Uh, you know, a lot of people already are suffering from a same with depression, but marijuana actually looks to actually increase uh, your anxiety and depression. Not only that, but also a lack of, you know, you become lethargic and less energy overall. And then, of course, we're starting to actually see increased risk of men mental illness, such as schizophrenia, if it runs uh, genetically in your family. It may actually trigger it uh, to come on early. Okay, so these pre-existing genetic links that are connected, where some of these like psychiatric disorders are going to be maybe triggered easy, easy or easy, whatever the word would be there, um, more commonly with that. And so we're seeing that there's a link there between um, those disorders and usage. Yeah. Uh, correct. Yeah. No, about, thinking, uh, sorry, go ahead. Well, what about the potency? Because that's also been something that shifted over time. Absolutely. You know, back when in the 70s, 80s, 90s, before we were really looking at marijuana as something as that something would people would use all the time. We actually saw a THC potency when you're smoking marijuana of about four percent. Uh, now we're looking at you have fifteen percent, and it could be actually even higher when we use like oils and extracts, edibles, things like that, because then we're using pure THC and trying to extract that. So we're actually seeing a much larger increase. So if you know you have parents or grandparents who used to uh you know smoke marijuana all the time and you know kind of get high now kids are getting really really high because of how potent the THC actually is in these in these plants 
Yeah. And the concern, I mean, truly with that is then just putting themselves in really dangerous situations and their inhibitions being so low. And um, yeah, it's Danielle, what what would be some of the warning signs that you would uh, advise, you know, viewers and our audience listening that some things to look out for? Yeah, I think some uh, tendencies would be um, increased agitation, um, maybe being lethargic, uh, you know, the cliche of munchies, that is a thing. So you may notice people eating snacks more. Um, perhaps, you know, if we're talking about the adolescent population, there could be, you know, they could be acting secretive. Maybe they're asking for money, you know, more frequently. Um of course, you know, on the person, you might notice that their eyes are bloodshot. You may smell marijuana. Um, you may notice uh, finding maybe some hidden candies. Um, and then vaping de devices, uh, which we often see kind of hidden in plain sight. Uh, you know, parents could uh, go to rethinkvape.org. Uh, there's some really great literature and visuals. Um, on that website. So I would definitely refer them there. And what do you mean by hidden in plain sight? What what does that, what should people be looking out for when you say that? Yeah, well, we, you know, something that you would think perhaps could be a pen, um, you know, is actually a vaping de device, just as one example. Um, I think being in the know for parents is really important. And also, um, I cannot overemphasize starting conversations young, you know, with our kids, developmentally appropriate, of course, just kind of like opening the dialogue in, in a non-judgmental way um, so that they do feel like they can come to you and say, hey, you know, I noticed my friend is vaping or they offered me a candy. I wasn't sure what to do. And the parent can hopefully walk them through that process. Yeah, such important conversations to have because as a, you know, a teen and adolescent, that peer pressure is real. We sometimes joke about that or minimize it. But really, when a teen is trying to fit in, that could be a really powerful influencer. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we know that um, marijuana is being laced with substances, um, you know, the most dangerous substance being fentanyl. So, you know, that could be a fatal decision, you know, that your child or your loved one is making. So, again, keeping that dialogue open seems to be really helpful. Absolutely. And so if maybe you recognize that a family member or your teen, somebody in your life, um, or maybe even yourself struggling with addiction to marijuana, what are some of the recovery or treatment options around this? Yeah, that's a really great question. So first, you know, letting the person know that, um, that you care, you know, that you're concerned about them, that you recognize that maybe um, they've disengaged from activities or relationships. You know, I think first, just being able to sit with the person in a non-judgmental space is going to improve their the likelihood that they will ask for help. Um, uh, definitely, you know, speaking with a, a medical or treatment professional um, to determine, are there underlying um, causes to the marijuana use, you know? People do generally think that when they're anxious and they smoke marijuana, that that calms their anxiety. And while it may for a moment, it's really just a, a dangerous loop that it puts them on. So um, 
being assessed to determine what is the reason why you started using and how can we move forward would be a really good first step. Um, Sober support groups, you know, I can't speak highly enough about um, the power of being with someone who can relate. And that's the power of sober support groups. Um, You know, whether you're talking about Narcotics Anonymous, Marijuana Anonymous, Smart Recovery, um, there's a ton of online resources available to people. And of course, CIBH for treatment, um, you know, we are available to do the assessment and ongoing services. Okay, great. I was just going to ask what um, services you guys offer at CIBH in terms of um, treatment or ongoing support. Yes, we do. Uh, We'll do the initial assessment. And if individual or group therapy could be beneficial, then we would assign them to a therapist here at CIBH. And we do also have certified peer recovery specialists. So those are individuals who have lived experience with mental health and or substance use disorders. So they can really, you know, walk along a path with the individual throughout their recovery. Yeah, that relatability is so crucial to not feel alone or feel abnormal or defective in the process, for sure. So, Jeff, where can our viewers learn more about you guys and the services that you offer? Yeah, we have uh, our own website here in Chesapeake for Prevention, which is CIBHprevention.com. There we have a lot of resources. Uh, We also, if you find the root of your problems, you know, if it's uh, you're talking about suicidal ideation and such like that, we have the hotlines uh, listed on there as well. And we can also always, you can reach out to us and we can guide you in the right direction and help you out wherever you might help. So, yeah. Great. Thank you guys so much for being here. I appreciate you joining us. Thank you. And thank you all for tuning into this episode of Calm, Cool, and Connected. Please make sure to find us on Facebook and Instagram and also make sure to rate and subscribe to our podcast so that others can discover our content as well. Thank you again for joining us on this episode of Calm, Cool, and Connected.